Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, folks. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Happy, happy, happy new year, 2022. We're here. You made it. I'm excited for the year ahead. I hope you are as well. I wanted to specifically kick off this new year with amazing energy, with positive energy, with deep energy, with life-changing energy. I wanted to kick off the Soul Talk podcast with my dear friend, uh, big soul sister, the amazing, the one and only Dr. Barbara DeAngelis. She is one of the most influential teachers of our time in the field of personal and spiritual development. If you don't know of her, for over 35 years plus, she's reached millions, tens of millions of people around the world with her inspirational messages and her books. I think maybe 16 plus best-selling books now. If you haven't read her books, check them out. She is, she's a legend. She's a gem. She's a treasure. I am so honored that she has agreed to come back and share her wisdom and inspiration with you all and us all on Soul Talk. Barbara, welcome back. Thank you so much, dear. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to um, be birthing a new year with you and uh, for all the people you love and the people who love you, that includes me. And uh, especially because when we gather together with consciousness and conscious seekers, which everyone, if you're listening to this, congratulations, you are awake enough to know that you need to learn and grow and remember, then we're blessed when we come together. So this is a great moment of blessing. Thank you. It's a, it's, I've been looking forward to this interview and having the opportunity to share with you. And just want to start off as we're starting the new year, um, for folks that might be feeling stuck in some way, maybe the last year has been very challenging for many folks around the world. We're still in the midst of something that feels very intense right now on planet Earth. Uh, folks that might be feeling stuck in some way, even though it's a new year, they may not feel the newness of energy. They may not feel the inspiration. Maybe they feel exhausted from just surviving the past year. Um, where can they start? Where can we start for that person? Where can they start and begin to, let's say, get unstuck, to move beyond that feeling of, of, of feeling stuck? Well, this is such an important question and such an important contemplation. And I always uh, support people to start in the real <laughs> as opposed to the unreal. Mm are many times as seekers, as people on a path of transformation, 
We, of course, want to see the highest, right? We want to see the most positive. You're known for this. We want to see the possibility. But it's so important as a mature seeker to be in the real of what is while we hold the longing, the prayer, the vision for what we want to come into fruition. Because the real is the path. The real is the lesson. The real is what we're being presented with. And the real is where the doorways are. And I know you know this because you've gone through many doorways of, let's call it the unwanted real. Many times when we are in a challenge, loss, disappointment, betrayal, fear, anything like that, we're in a reel that we don't want. And what happens is naturally as human beings, we uh, kind of put in our armor and our weapons and we want to battle the reel. I hate this. I don't like this. I want this to end. And that's the human part of us, which we need to have compassion for which we need to allow ourselves to feel. Along with that, we need to understand that if it is, and if we are in it, and if this is what's happening in our lifetime, that it is part of our curriculum, and that means our cosmic curriculum, and we need to look for the lessons, we need to look deeper than just our emotions about it, look for the doorways, look for the revelations, look for the mirrors, look for the recalibrations, look for the teachings in it. Now, this is not always intuitively what we want to do because we just um, want to not be uncomfortable. And of course, in our society, um, at this point in time, in the year 2022 on the planet, um, we have grown up and we are trained and we're informed by things we read and experience and watch that to be uncomfortable is bad. You know, if you mm-hmm. feel a little bit of a, you know, t- to instantly take, you know, if you have a headache in two seconds, take something. If you're a little um, worried or depressed or sad, instantly take something. And of course, there are times when all these things are needed and valued, but discomfort is really so many times the labor pains of our own rebirth. I'm going to just say that again. Discomfort is many times the labor pains of our rebirth, that something's trying to move out of us, something's trying to move into us. And if we try to bypass it, we're going to miss the moment and actually the gift. And I'm going to even say the blessing. So to sum that up, it's, I would say, no matter how anyone's feeling, to A, not make your feelings wrong at all, to honor yourself for those feelings, to delve into them, to ask yourself in the deepest, ask spirit, ask whatever you believe in, what am I supposed to be seeing? And it's so interesting that you asked me this question to start because I just um, pulled something up that I sent to my advanced students and Um, about exactly this. So I'm just going to read it to you. It's very brief. And it says, in these challenging, frightening, and often heartbreaking times, your strength will not be found in attempting to appear fearless, unflinching, Mm -hmm. and in Mm -hmm. control. True strength 
is having the courage and the humility and the open-heartedness to face and deal with the truth. Being strong means being real, not pretending that the real isn't happening or that the real isn't frightening you. That's not strength. That's arrogance and ignorance and denial. So know that your vulnerability is making you strong. Know that your tears are making you strong. Know that your fear itself is making you strong. It's making you vigilant. It's making you respectful of the real. And it's what will protect you and those you love and people you don't even know and help save our beautiful, wounded, weeping world. So I just wrote this and it's, uh, I must wow. have written it for you. <laughs> wow. So wow. that was, that was, you know, a, a high answer. You know, when you, you know me well enough to know, I'm not going to say, well, everyone needs to exercise and breathe. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, make sure you're eating well. Those are all great things. But the, the cosmic answer, the mystical answer is to go through the doorway of this time, really go through it, yes, really yes, unpack yes. every gift of it, even the things that do not seem like gifts. And trust me, um, you know, uh, I have been right in the thick of that, you know, this entire time. So where it looks like there's loss and whether yes. it looks, you know, it looks like there's deprivation, I haven't been inside of a building except for my home and, mm -hmm. you know, a doctor's office or vaccination office in uh, two years. Wow. I haven't seen anyone except my partner because I, I don't want to experience everyday anxiety about what happened, who's there, are they vaccinated, they're not. So mm -hmm. I've been in my beautiful sanctuary, you know, working with my students, doing even more than I usually do because now on Zoom, people from all over the world, they don't have to come. And you know this, they don't have to fly somewhere. They don't have to go anywhere. They can come see me right there in their house in their beautiful comfy chair. And I've been so happy with that. So that's another reason I'm very grateful for not just this invitation, but for you to ask the first question, the real question, which is what you did. And that's why I love you so much. Connected to that. Um, how do we go through the real or the pain? And in such a way that, because I want to provide a bit of a, uh, maybe a, a clarity or distinction to, to help people navigate. How do we go through the real, the pain that arises in the process of life and being human? And in such a way that we don't uh, get stuck and we process through it and move through it. Can you speak to that? Because sometimes I see people get stuck in their pain. Can you speak, um, speak to that? Well, one of the reasons we, um, we and you're right, um, people get stuck in it, but we can look more deeply at mm. the idea of stuck and realize that we get stuck many times in our pain. Uh, one reason can be because, believe it or not, um, we have payoffs for being in it. And this is a hard thing for some people to look at. Um, maybe each of you can think, do you know somebody who has been maybe making certain decisions or in a situation 
or holding onto something or stuck in the past. And, and they just have been suffering about it over and over again for a long time. And you acknowledge that that wasn't pleasant, but it seems that their life is defined by suffering or blame or upset or deprivation or a feeling of abandonment. And no matter what you say, uh, no matter how many times they call you, um, they thank you and then they finish the sentence with a but, right? Thank you so much, but I just don't know what to do. That but, um, and I've really studied that but over the years, Mm -hmm. um, that but tells us sometimes that there's a payoff in that pain and it's hard for us to look at that and it's just the nature of the ego. Um, when we're suffering, we get uh, excused from serving the world, right? We get excused mm-hmm. from having to listen perhaps to our dreams and manifest them. We get excused from uh, behaving well with people because after all, she's suffering. So of course she was bitchy, you see. We get excused mm-hmm. from listening to our own soul and our own soul promise. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, something horrible happens to you and you don't feel suffering. But we can suffer and still serve. In fact, um, a lot of suffering is the birthplace of service. You know, my childhood had a tremendous amount of suffering and unhappiness. And I thank God for it all now because it forced me to be a seeker. It forced me to go deeper. It taught me compassion for other people. So we have to Honor our suffering, feel it, not suffer it alone, but really ask ourselves, you know, does it have a purpose? Does it have a purpose? And the purpose is not to, you know, make us miserable. We're not being punished. It's not about that. You see, we are being polished. It's a different experience. And the feeling, of course, when things happen to us is that, um, you know, something, somebody's doing something to us that hurts, <laughs> that is painful, that is um, unfair. And, you know, thinking about the word fair and unfair in terms of our life is very challenging, isn't it? Could, I mean, <laughs> we see things every day. That we think that is not fair. How could that happen? We see things that don't, that are completely seem unrighteous. And if we start to think about fair and unfair, um, we can really get caught. We've all had unfair things happen to us from the worldly point of view. And we need to feel the feelings about that. But none of those things, to me, none of them are an excuse for not moving forward and doing what we are supposed to do. And that means allowing ourselves to listen, to feel, and to rise. So that's one part of it. The other part is to see if we are the creators of our suffering. You see, Mm -hmm. for instance, um, maybe you care about somebody and you've been trying to help them or inspire them. And maybe it's a sister, a brother, um, an ex, one of your kids. And no matter what you do, they're not shifting and you're suffering about it. Um, you know, and you can say, oh, if they only they would, you know, get it or stop drinking, then I wouldn't be suffering. And yes, 
um, if only that would happen, they would feel happier and you would feel happier. But then you have to ask yourself, how am I holding this situation? If we're feeling responsible, if you're feeling that it's your job and in fact, your own sense of success or goodness is based on fixing that person, then you're hooked in, you see? And when you're hooked in, the, the seeing them suffer is going to be way worse because you're also suffering, not just for them, but for yourself and thinking I should, and if I don't, and all kinds of things, you know, and people aren't, we're not supposed to be halfway houses. We're supposed to mm. offer love and help for people. So there's so much in every single thing that we feel we're stuck in. I always say we're never stuck. We're not confused. We're just not seeing it clearly or deeply enough. It can feel like we're stuck, but we have to ask ourselves, have we really looked at it from every angle? And I don't believe that we are ever stuck. I think mm -hmm. we are doing things that make us stuck, but we in our soul, in our being, we're not stuck. We're free, actually. Beautiful. How, how, how do we know? How can we decipher, discern what our soul lesson really is, what our soul is truly seeking to learn in a given moment, in a given experience, in a given time or situation? How do we know it's really like, yeah, it's really our soul's uh, lesson versus maybe something our mind is manufacturing or the ego is sort of spinning is there is there a quality but you see there's no there's no difference in those things mm -hmm. so um how do we know what our curriculum is how do i know what's you know how how do i interpret what's happening to me um you look at what you don't like about it <laughs> so you know you look at what's uncomfortable you look at what you wish would go away you look at what you hate and then you think you know you know, what is this telling me? What am I supposed to learn? What are my choices? What's the highest way to look at this? I talk a lot about this in my book, Soul Shifts. You know, what's the highest way to see what I'm seeing? So for instance, it could be that you're trying to make something work that won't work. Maybe you're, you've been working on, you know, a project or something that you think you absolutely you're supposed to do and nothing is working and nothing is happening. Um, you know, and you go, oh God, I'm just, you know, you know, why is this happening to me? Well, um, the universe is very loving and it really will redirect us when we're going in the wrong direction. We don't think of it as redirection. We think that something stupid is happening or something painful is happening or why, or it's unfair. But the universe is very strong about redirecting and it may start out with a hint. It may start out with everything not quite happening. It may start out with just a feeling that we just can't seem to, you know, do what we're supposed to do. And then if we're really being redirected, it'll get stronger and stronger. And no matter how much we try, something may not work. Now, then we have to ask, is it not working because I'm not giving it 100%? Is it not working because I'm lazy? Is it not working because I'm waiting for somebody to do it for me or waiting for them to be discovered, you know, or something like that? Or is it not working because it's not supposed to work because there's something else that's supposed to happen? How many of you have ever been in a relationship that ended and it was painful? And I have, and, and you absolutely believed it would work. 
Maybe you got married. Maybe you moved it. You believed it would work. You wanted it to work. And then it was clear that it, for whatever reason, from your side or the other people, it ended. Mm. And you can think, you know, I can't believe that, you know, why didn't this work? The answer is complex. The answer is, uh, could be, you know, you weren't loving or you were cold or you were selfish or you weren't tuned in. And you need to learn that, whether it's to go back with that person or somebody else. And so was that relationship supposed to work or it was supposed to help you work on something, you see? Because then two years later, somebody's waiting for you and they're going, I hope their soul is saying, gee, I hope she works on something, you know, because I, I really think that we're supposed to be together in this lifetime, but not with that issue. And I'm going to work on mine. You know, I always say, you know, um, if you're single, prepare now. And the, the worst thing is to meet somebody and go, oh, my God, I feel like you're my soulmate. I just have about these 10 issues. So I need to, <laughs> you don't want to have to sit and display your issues, you see. So sometimes we're being redirected because something else is waiting for us. But there's that balance, as I said, and that's what I mean about the real. We can't just say, oh, the universe released this from me because I'm sure there's something. First, we have to do due diligence and contemplate. Did I do everything? What are my choices? Am I responsible? You see? Mm -hmm. And not just go, oh, I'm sure it's perfect. Um, It'll be perfect if you examine yourself, (laughs) right? And and learn and bring those things forward in life. There's a lot more to this answer, but but I'll stop there. (laughs) I really love that you're bringing this... this, um the depth of truth and reality to the question and the conversation, because it it really forces us to take responsibility and go deeper um, within ourselves and explore, um, which is beautiful because it forces us to evolve uh, as well, which I'm loving, loving that. Um, One question I have, Uh, As we're in this beginning of the new year, looking at the year ahead with so many things changing and so much seeming uncertainty in the world that we're in right now, for those that might be wondering, how how do I set my goals? How do I know what goals to set, especially given the changing dynamics of the economy and the landscape and industry and what's going on and finance. And speak to us about that process. What do you, like, how, how do you go set in, in your life now, as an example, and guide us there? Well, I, um, and I've written about this, so you may have a sense of what I'm going to say. I, um, I don't uh, have goals. I have soul intentions and those soul intentions are not specific in terms of time and space and people etc etc they're soul accomplishments you see all of us are here on earth and we have a certain amount of years we have to ask ourselves you know what is what is the purpose of my life what am i here for And I write a lot about and teach a lot about soul accomplishments. 
Soul accomplishments are not things that can be measured on the outside. Mm -hmm. They're not things dependent upon other people, the economy, the situation on the planet, the ups and downs. They are our soul curriculum. So for instance, you know, to me, the highest soul accomplishment, something that I live by every day is today, I am going to live as the most conscious, awakened, loving human being I can be. I'm going to, you know, be awake and stay awake and be able to say at the end of the day, I lived in my highest in every moment or redirected myself when I wasn't. What are we here for except to live as the most loving, awakened human being we can be? Now, then what does that mean? Well, that means take every single category, your relationship, your partner, or your children, or the people you work with, or the people that you serve if you're a teacher, or your relationship with yourself, or your relationship with your dog, your relationship with your agreements with people, your commitments. How do you move through those? When there's going to be interruptions, there's going to be people who let you down. There's going to be things that you were planning, like in your language, you know, a goal or, you know, something and then bang, you know, it can't happen or it's canceled or because people are, you know, suddenly locked down, they can't go somewhere. You know, how do you feel successful in spite of all of that? To me, and, you know, I'm going to say, let's forget we're in a pandemic, which would be, mm-hmm. you know, amazing, but it doesn't matter whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a time of the economy going up and down, whether it's because of storms that happen, whether it's because of something that happens to someone you love. Every single day, we are interacting with conditions, outer conditions that have nothing to do with us, that we have no control over. That's the real. It's just the real. I, for instance, as you know, we had to reschedule our interview because they turned all the power off in my neighborhood mm-hmm. to repair something that was out of my control. If I had mm-hmm. thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And why did that That was just a karmic condition that day. Every day, mm-hmm. today, when you're listening to this, all of you, you've had things happen to you from the minute you woke up that you did not expect and you will have more. <laughs> and that's the real. So for me, The way to navigate always means to start from the inside and to say, no matter what's happening on the outside, you know, what are my soul goals? What are my spirit goals? I don't mean spiritual goals like meditate every day. What are my, you know, soul goals that, you know, myself, you know, um, to stay open, even if something hurts me and not shut off my heart to have compassion for people for whatever they're going through, to have compassion for myself when I'm afraid or when my feelings are hurt or when I've done something I'm not proud of, to uh, be grateful for things that happen that I may take for granted easily, to stay conscious of what's happening around me, you see, to make sure the people I interact with know how much I appreciate them, not on their birthday, but all the time. That's why I started telling you how much I loved you, you see? So our soul accomplishments don't depend on anyone else 
but you. And to me, if we can imagine the end of our life and wherever we think we're going to ascend to or whatever we believe in, I really don't think that if we're in a cosmic interview with an angel or Jesus or whatever your belief is, that uh, to see how we did in this life, that somebody is going to say, okay, so how much did you gross in 2022, right? Mm -hmm. How many likes did you get? You know, uh, what was your social media, you know, imprint? Uh, how many, you know, how many cool places did you visit? D do these things really seem, and these are all great things, but do they seem like what we should be focusing only on? So to me, it's not either or, it's how do we feel successful every single day to know that, you know, today I loved, today I was conscious Today, I had a moment where I looked at the clouds and just thought, God, life is beautiful. Today, I experienced the miracle of life and tried to offer myself in whatever way I could to anybody, everybody. And then, you know, if there's things that you meant to do and, or you're, you know, trying to, you know, write a chapter in a book or whatever it is, you are moving along with those things to the best of your ability using your vision of what you'd like. But to decide you are successful or not based on those things is the road to misery. I know this because I have counseled and consulted so many, and I know you have, really successful on the outside and really wealthy people beyond anything I could even imagine. Mm. And I can tell you across the board that um, their true soul peace and sense of well-being, um, if they didn't have it on the inside, they didn't have it on the outside. It might be exciting. It might, you know, it might make them feel safe. It might make them feel um, that they're, you know, if they're unhappy, they can do it in an, you know, you know, in a gorgeous, you know, mansion. <laughs> but <laughs> the bottom line is it doesn't take it away. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for things. But I see so many people, you know, you know, vision goal, et cetera. I have a client who's a really um, it's tremendously successful consultant for like billion dollar businesses, especially when they're trying to merge or sell and uh, those mm -hmm. kind of things. And she, um, you know, she came to me because she, you know, she was doing these massive deals and she would, you know, make a lot of money, but she didn't really feel, you know, soul peace. And she just finished a project, you know, where they value, they do evaluation of a business and then they sell it and you, you know, the stock and all the stuff that I don't completely understand. And she was getting this massive amount. But in the meantime, we just spent once a week in the last year and a half, um, these very powerful sessions. And she said to me, I have to tell you, I wasn't even excited when they told me the number. She said, because mm. my valuation <laughs> in, inside of who I am and how I live life and my relationship has gone up so much that even if the money went away now, it wouldn't matter because I've had it for all this time. But I was missing that, that inner experience of, you know, wealth that cannot be taken away by anybody. So, you know, this, there's going to be people I know your interview are going to give tips for your business or this or that. Um, and, you know, I 
I work with businesses, I can tell you those things. But for me, um, why not decide right now, every single day of 2022 can be successful, can be a day that feels you honor it because you are honoring yourself for the choice to be awake and conscious. You're honoring yourself for the choice to open, to feel to serve others, for have it, to have revelations for every choice you make to be more free and more aware. Uh, to me, that's success. And I believe also, here's the caveat, when you do that, you will be way more successful on the outside. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when, when I've been asked over the years, especially by successful people or people when I do leadership stuff, and they go, you know, what's your you know, your biggest secret for success. I think I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> investing in stuff. I don't know what, you know, and I, I always give the same answer. Consciousness. 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 My consciousness from the time, you know, I began in a path has been my greatest asset in everything. It's, it's been my greatest asset in terms of unearthing things to share, to write, to speak. It's, you know, at the basis of every word I say, no one taught me these things. It's at the basis of all the beautiful connections I have with people and and being guided forward with a correct map. It's consciousness. And that's why I so honor all of you for being here, listening today, because um, you're, you know, you're, you're in deep in your soul, something's woken up and you know that there's a, a richness and a treasure inside that you want to bring forth in whatever you do, in whatever your talents are. And um, I, um, just the other day, I was giving a talk to my advanced students and I said something that just came out of my mouth and um, I wrote it down because I thought it would be great to share. And, you know, we, you know that we live in um, the generation of, um, quote, influencers um, you know, who, you know, suddenly because they're on TikTok, because they're on Instagram mm-hmm. and they have a million followers and they're quoted influencer and, and they, you know, they want to, you know, they want likes, they want to be, you know, yep. seen and acknowledged. And out of my mouth the other day, I, I was thinking about it and I, I said, you know, I don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see the truth. I want to see the way. I want to see how I can serve. Uh, being seen is the ego, you know? And it, again, God bless everybody who does. There's something wrong, you know? I, um, you know, I've, here I am, and I'm happy people will be listening, et cetera. But when we want to be seen, then we're so outward dependent. And when I think about, you know, when I began my career, you know, and I, you know, years ago, one of the greatest things you told me when you met me was when you were like 16, you'd read one of my books. I felt old. And, um, but, but to me, I didn't want to influence anyone. I wanted to serve. I wanted to uplift people's lives. So I want to be influenced by what? Spirit, consciousness, the Shakti, the divine, whatever you want to call it, whatever's inside of, of me, whatever's inside of each of you, I want that to influence me. I want to see. And isn't that a great shift from, you know, this year, 2020, I want to be seen and I want to become an influencer. 
I would just lovingly and respectfully suggest that if you see and allow yourself to be influenced by spirit inside, and I don't mean spirit just goes, hello, everything is spirit. Spirit will say, call that person. Spirit will say, um, let go of that. It's not serving you. Spirit will open your heart to something or give you an idea. But to me, that's a great focus and a goal to see and to be influenced by my highest at all times. How can you go wrong with that, right? <laughs> can you share more a bit about your process of, I guess, it's, you know, your spiritual practice of like, what does it look like for, for you on a daily basis to, let's say, pray? I, I, I think I, I want you to take us inside of your prayer time. And, and and maybe for those and listening you're, in, you're, give some guidance to us. As to <laughs> how, how do we open to 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 the deeper dimension of our soul and consciousness? Is what do you do? You know what I've done has changed over the years. From um, when I was eighteen, um, I began a formal meditation practice, and I became um, a teacher, actually, of transcendental meditation. I had um, you know a spiritual master, and so for decades. Um, that's what I did regularly. And I went to um, very advanced courses where I would, you know, for six months or a year at a time, be in retreat in the mountains in Switzerland with other people and mm -hmm. meditating and doing different spiritual practices, 10, 12 hours a day, not seeing anybody else. And I did this in my 20s, um, long before anyone knew my name or anything. And um, I went in deeply in and then, you know, added to that over the years, you know, all the deep psychological work I've done to um, see what was the real in me to see the, what I call the bends in the light, you know, the fluctuations, the things that we, you all know, we know aren't the highest part of us, the, you know, the, the attachments, the resentments, the old pain, all those things that don't belong. So a lot of purification of that over the years. And what it has moved into in terms of present time or the last 10 years, 15 years, if you want to know, um, my, my spiritual practice is literally in every moment. What I mean by that is um, I every day um, just at in every single minute of seeing anything um, looking up I, every day I take a picture of the clouds this sounds superficial but it's not actually to, to look at the infinity of nature gratitude but not gratitude of thinking people an actual personal relationship with spirit through nature through delight through a flower through watching the birds. Now, I don't take time to do that. I do it. In other words, I don't say from one to two, I'm going to watch the hawks. <laughs> I'm, it's a constant awareness of that. This is a spiritual practice talking to you, feeling deeply into you, being totally present. Nothing else matters. Having no desire for anything except to just pour out as much as possible. I'm going to say, um, bringing it even more practically for people, spending time alone is mm -hmm. so important. Not uh, decreasing your stimulation. You know, if 
if a lot of times people will say to me, you know, oh, I wish I could feel the way you feel and this and that, but I don't, you know, I feel like I'm not getting any messages. I'm not getting any uh, information, any spiritual, you know, revelations. And when I ask them about what they're doing, they're constantly focused with their senses on the outside, constantly, all day long, every single day. They're with people or they're, you know, talking to people or they're watching TV all day long. Don't get me wrong. I watch the news. They're constantly um, moving. They're constantly outer focused, you know, and when that happens, we can't hear, feel, or be guided from within. You know, spirit, many times people imagine, you know, I I need a message from, you know, I want to be guided. What's my purpose? They're expecting Mm -hmm. a voice to come in and go, Coot, good Mm -hmm. morning. (laughs) This is the, the highest power today. You know, that's not how it is. Spirit whispers. It doesn't speak in words. It's a sensation. It's a reconnection with something. It, it's also like a scavenger hunt. It'll be a thought. And then if you move into it, another thought and another thought, it'll be a feeling. It'll be mm-hmm. suddenly thinking of someone or suddenly hearing a word or two. That could end up being a book or this or that. And, but to do that, you have to be silent. Right. And then not, and I don't mean I have periods of silence, you know, it's part of my life. So now, you know, after all these years, um, I'm, I'm fully aware in and out at the same time, but I know all those years of creating silence, having silence, you know, being in my home and having, having it be, you know, this beautiful sanctuary. And one day, yes, you will come, (laughs) um, and having it be a place where I'm constantly uplifted, um, even in, um, uh, this is a very practical thing, but if you, any of you have an office or a little area, don't just make it about work. If you could see what I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at, you know, it, just for me, what uplifts me, all these crystals, pictures of, you know, spiritual teachers, incredible mm-hmm. statues of high beings, um, you know, orchids, um, Tibetan tankas, you know, things that people have given me. And that's what tunes me back into my, I shouldn't say back into my heart, because that's where I am. But it, it, it is a song that plays and dances with my heart. So many times we, we compartmentalize, we have to work. And then, you know, then when I'm not working, then I'll have time for my relationship or this or that. Um, My whole life, you know, I used to, when I first wrote my books, I would always have my dogs there. I would have pictures of everybody I loved. Mm -hmm. You can think, well, won't that be distracting? No, the opposite. Mm -hmm. It will tune you into the subtlest vibration and the most refined vibrations of who we are, are the divine, the, you know, the high being, all religions, all paths have talked about this, about going within and that the kingdom of heaven is within. And that's what it means. So going within, to me, mm-hmm. is uh, however you each do it. The other thing I do talk about, and I think I wrote about it in Soul Shifts, um, it's hard to remember sometimes, was um, taking a two-minute pilgrimage. So that means it li- having a, a little spot. You know, maybe you think, oh, I want to go to Bali or I want to go to Costa Rica for something, which these days is scary. 
you don't need to go anywhere to take a pilgrimage. You can have a spot that has sacred objects. It could be even on the top of a bureau or in a corner. And instead of just seeing it as decoration, why not make a pilgrimage like you would if you were going to a beautiful spot to take two minutes, three minutes to go there, to fold your hands, to bow, to say a prayer, to ask for blessings, to say, you know, may may I be aligned with the highest today. You know, whatever it is, as if you were going to an ashram or going to a great master, have your space like that and then go on with what you're doing so that the sacred becomes part of your everyday. It's really important. I'm going to be giving a um, a course this year on, um, uh, you know, everyday sacred living and spirituality, including bringing it into work, because um, that's the most outrageous part of all of you. It's, and you all know you've had those moments when you feel lit up, when you suddenly feel yourself saying something to somebody and you don't even remember what you said, but, you know, that you just, you can feel you inspired them or you uplifted them or you, you just said what they needed to hear. And you think, what, what was that? That's your highest. And when we allow it to be part of us to, and it feels very different from uh, trying to impress somebody, really different. But when we allow that to happen, um, and you all equally have that same source, then you're magic. Mm. Just uh, taking in what you're saying, Barbara, it's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, one, one question I've had that I've been thinking about um, as I was, I was looking at your bio again um, and seeing all of the books you've written and the decades with which you've been teaching. Um, I'm curious how you have, like, like there's so many different topics that you have written about. And I think many times as human beings, we get into a groove of success or something that works. Yeah. And we keep doing it because it works. So we keep writing the same books exactly. about let's say, relationships and we keep doing that and we keep doing that. And then, and then we get identified with that and it becomes our identity. And and I was, I was looking at the different books you've written, starting from the relationship ones to how did I get here to soul shifts, the choice of love. And, you know, how do you, how have you managed to not get stuck in a certain identity of Barbara in the past, mm. or the, Barbara, the Barbara that wrote, you know, right. the secrets about men, every woman should know. Right. That was a huge success, and and not just keep just churning out that train, but to, to just to find that courage to 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 keep evolving. Because I think sometimes we get caught in the trap of success, and I really respect you because I see that you you haven't. Mm. Um, yes, yeah. it's a beautiful question. Um, you mentioned one word. <laughs> The, the short answer is um, courage, guidance, and trust. Mm. <laughs> um, when I, um, my first book, which was meant before many of you were born, probably, um, was called How to Make Love All the Time. And it was really about relationships. And it was fantastic. It was a big bestseller, the, the old-fashioned kind of bestseller. There was no Amazon. <laughs> and um, then, you know, my publisher said, okay, you know, 
number two, <laughs> let's do the next one. And, and I was teaching a lot of relationship seminars. And then I wrote Secrets About Men Every Woman Should Know. And that was on Oprah. So that it became number one. And then I wanted to do something for singles. And I wrote, Are You the One for Me? Which has become like a classic singles Bible. It's a great book. Yes. So that was three books, um, two New York Times number ones. So um, then everybody, including my agent, came back and said, okay, number four. And um, I remember so clearly, I was touring at the time, and um, there's a lot of reason to want to do that. But I watched myself, um, the pressure, okay, three number, let's do three number ones in a row. And something, and I've been talking about this on this podcast, mm. something was calling to me. I just said, no, I don't want to do that. I was in a very different place. I, I didn't feel that it was what I was supposed to do. And I started hearing this phrase, real moments. And I thought, what is that? I always get my titles first, by the way, before I even know what the book, real moments. And I thought, what is that? And I thought, that's what I want to write about. I, because I was the same spiritual person I am now. I just happened to become famous for, you know, being, quote, the relationship expert. And so um, that's what people wanted me to do. That's what they wanted me to do shows on, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, you know, I want to write about what really makes life matter, what, what real moments are, not just experiencing fulfillment on the outside or when you have money or you find the right partner or you're the perfect weight, but in each and every moment. And to ask yourself, you know, am I happy? And, you know, how can I experience real moments? How can I experience meaning in everything? Real moments within family, real moments with my partner, real moments in business. And so I approached my publisher and my agent and at first they thought I was crazy. And I said, but this is what I'm going to write. And I think one of the proudest moments of my life was when Real Moments became a number one bestseller <laughs> because mm. I was like, yes, not because mm. of the number one, because it was, I was seeing that I was at a crossroads and I felt society was at a crossroads and it was what, what was needed. It was really when um, the internet and technology was taking off and people were, you know, absolutely beginning to be in unreal moments. So I've always just been guided by what was inside. I've never thought, I've never said what will sell. If I had, I'm just going to be honest, I, I would be, you know, a multimillionaire and I am not. Mm. Um, I would have done secrets about men. I would have done secrets about this. Then I would have done how to find this or that. And um, it was way too small for me, but I'm mm. so proud of those books. They're fantastic. And and this continued, you know, with me just going in the direction I needed to go in. And when I wrote, How Did I Get Here? It was just such a profound book. No one had really written one like that. And um, I, I, nothing's really changed in that if you look back, all of it talks about what's inside. But um, it did take courage, but it took more than that, um, a loyalty and a commitment to my highest how, how am I supposed to serve? And a detachment from what it was going to look like. Now, that, take, that does take a lot of bravery. But we, if we're trying to, and this is, I tell this to people, I 
I work with people helping them with their books often. And I tell them, you know, trying to write a book based on a formula is, is just disaster. Even if it becomes successful, it's disaster. Because where are you, you see? And I can tell when people have followed a formula or they took a class and it's a, there's, there's nothing real in it. There's nothing that's alive in it. And what's alive is coming from inside of us. Um, I loved your book and that's why I endorsed your book because, which I don't do often, because it was alive. You were, it was vibrating with you. And you know, I love the word vibration. So everyone has, you know, whether it's their business, whether it's their offering, you know, authenticity is your greatest, greatest secret and treasure. The more authentic you are, the more successful you're going to be. This is, I mean, you know, when you came to this country and when you started doing what you're doing, Coot, you know, there's all kinds of people who were maybe 15, 20 years older than you who had this way of doing it, that way of doing it. And you did, Coot, you did you. That's why people love you. There is no other than you. And even if you had, you know, become a mini, I'm not going to mention names, so-and-so, <laughs> um, it would have not served you. Yes. And it wouldn't have served your, your, your followers and your students and the people who are inspired by you. So whether it's 500 people, 5,000 people, or 500,000 people, if, you're, if that's your destiny and you're doing it in alignment with your highest, then it's fine. If it's not, um, it's a strain on your soul. And I see people all the time trying to fit into a package, somebody else's package. And um, it's a strain on your soul. Even, you know, I used to go to these and, you know, I, you know, when, um, well, before the pandemic, I stopped actually some years before that, but these conferences, you know, where I would be, mm-hmm. you know, speaker with me, so-and-so, so-and-so, like the top, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was mostly the only woman there. And um, everyone's giving a presentation and you run to the back of the room and sign up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have a system and it would be three weeks and you'll do this five weeks. And I would, (laughs) I would get up and I would talk about exactly what I'm talking about now about, Mm. you know, authenticity and about, you know, you know, mastery, not management. And I would say systems are great, you know, get everyone's, but who's using the system? Mm. who's using the system is way more important than the system because otherwise everyone who used the system would also have a number one book and all those things. So um, yes, um, I have listened and been guided and it's brought me to a place of tremendous fulfillment. And um, you know, each of you has your own map, your soul map that I believe you designed before you came here. It's so important to find your map forward and not anyone else's i love it i think that's why we vibrate together in so many ways and one of the reasons uh, i respect you so much is because i feel your fierce loyalty to your soul and that unwillingness to compromise listening to your soul's guidance and i think it's it's so powerful so powerful barbara um Final question or two, if it's okay. Um, as you think of yourself, this is personal, so uh, you feel free to not answer it, but I'm guided to ask you. Um, as you look into your evolution and where you are in your, your own evolution, um, 
and as you feel into that, where do you feel the next evolution is for Barbara DeAngelis? Where, is, there any, is there anywhere right now where you are in your life where you feel into that you're guided to go that's scary for you? Well, I don't know if I'd use the words. Well, I'd say my biggest, um, my biggest anxiety is um, that I won't live long enough to mm. do everything I need to do. I, 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 in mm. March, I'll be turning 71. <laughs> and I, it's, I'm not aware that that could be real, but I am. And I'm so, I think a lot about life and time. Um, I think a lot about staying healthy. It's another reason that I decided not to gamble and, you know, mm. go places just because I, you know, missed going to Hawaii or I missed a restaurant. I mean, I feel a responsibility to be alive and to be healthy um, for, you know, my advanced students and for everybody else. Mm. Um, but I'm feeling strongly the, um, the vibration of the word legacy. One of the things that I have so much content, material, meditations, I have so much. <laughs> and I spent the last, I'd say, three, four, five years really focusing on students, people who study with me, people who I consult, um, and going even deeper myself and creating just high and new levels of what I can call the mechanics of transformation. And I am feeling very strongly. Um, and it's kind of like getting pregnant and getting bigger with it. I can, I felt it when it happened um, that I really need to move that out into the world that, and, and it's not my favorite thing to do, meaning, you know, to, you know, put it just different websites and different online courses. And, but I know I need to do that. Um, because there's so much here and um, it's, it's building. So I'm going to be doing more of that this year and, um, and finding ways to, you know, put all of those things together, even more than a, you know, one book I'm feeling so strong. I have so many incredible courses. I have so much incredible guidance for women. I have things that, and they're unique. They're not based on me. Um, mm. fishing around in everybody else's content and putting it together. Um, it's always so amusing when people send me a book to endorse. And um, I realize that I recognize a lot of what's in there and mm. like including exact sentences and they didn't oh, wow. quite. So um, <laughs> I, um, I, I want to be able to create, you know, all of that. And that's, that's my intention. And, you know, then my prayer is to be able to, uh, you know, be guided about how to do that and to, um, you know, because it's enormous. I mean, it's, I have so much wow. wisdom and so much that's recorded in so many courses that I've given to maybe 50 people or 70 people who've studied with me, but um, wow. that I want people to take. So um, I'm, I will hopefully be able to share some of those with, the people that love you. I'm definitely holding that that intention because I, as you're sh as you're speaking, I'm 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 hoping, praying, and holding the vision for that, Barbara, because I feel that your voice, uh, the depth of your knowledge and wisdom, understanding is so needed in the world and also for the evolution uh, of 
generations to come. I would love to see you create a, I don't know if it's an academy, but it's almost like, you know, to me, and I'm just going to speak frankly, I, I see often, you talked about influences, you know, people that are influencers, they read maybe a couple of manifestation books two weeks ago, and now they're teaching. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's great. Every, no, I know, has, I know. Everyone, everyone has their place, but some, <laughs> someone like you, had, who has such a depth of knowledge on so many levels and topics and subjects, but also you're the real deal in the work you do within yourself, within your own consciousness that I really feel as though the spiritual field, the transformational field, the personal development field, uh, which anyone just jumps into now because they, they're self-proclaimed, I really would love, I would love to see you create uh, a curriculum, uh, uh, an academy to be able to train the next generation of transformational teachers authentically. To me, just throwing it out there to you. That I no, think this is ex- this is totally in alignment with what I have, and I actually have that curriculum. Because, uh, it just hasn't been shared with everybody. It's been there's been people going through that curriculum. Um, it's an incredible curriculum. So thank you for your blessing and for your um, vision and we need it um, we need it no i i it's important it's you know as i said when we we need to hear the voices within and be silent enough to hear them we also need to pay attention as i said to the signs without so i take this as a great sign from spirit coming through one of its favorite beings you (laughs) barbara i love you so much i just want you to leave us with sort of a a final parting message as we go into 2022, you know, there might be folks that may not feel the, the hopefulness of, well, this pandemic and mm. when will it end? And, and so as you look into this year and what we're going through as a humanity, uh, leave us with some hope. What do you see mm. for, the, the, for the possibility of what is happening? Because from one perspective, there may be folks that look at what we're going through and, Everything seems like a disaster and things are falling apart. But uh, from a from a soul perspective, mm. what's the possibility that you see? What what excites you about what we're going through and the hope? Well, I actually um, just written a beautiful prayer that I'll share with you. But first, I'll just say, what if you could throw yourself forward to January 2023, Mm. and be able to say, right now, I am the most awakened and enlightened that I have ever been because of everything I did in 2022. See, that feeling, you know, to I feel more peaceful. I feel so loving. I've never felt so loving. I've never felt so peaceful. I've never felt so in tune. I've never felt so much understanding of things in spite of whatever happens. That can be a real experience for you. How? By how you choose to live this year. To be able to say, I'm the most enlightened I've ever been in this life today I am the most awakened I've ever been in this body. And you can say that every day this year based on how you live each day. Hopefully, you'll be able to say that today 
because you're more awakened just from listening to our beautiful conversation. That's an incredible daily goal. And how do we do that? I'll offer you this beautiful prayer called Begin Again. Begin again. Today, you are still alive, even though so many have departed. Begin again. You have survived another 584 million mile Earth journey around the sun. Begin again. You are nowhere else but here, now. The past no longer exists. Begin again. A new year dawns. You are free to choose to love more, offer more, cherish more, awaken more. You have another chance to begin again. So celebrate this miracle. Fall to your knees in humble gratitude. Weep with astonishment and joy and begin again. Wow. Begin again. Beautiful. Barbara, I love you. Thank you for being you. Um, it's always an honor and privilege to have you on Soul Talk. Um, to me, you're like a part of the Soul Talk family, for sure. Um, what's the best way that people can find out about you, your work, what you have going on in 2022? I was just thinking that I'd love to send everybody um, some of the things that I said. I have beautiful graphic reminders and things that I've made that um, will help you. So if you just write um, info at barbaradeangelis.com, um, we'll be on the lookout for it. And um, I'd love to send everybody some free meditations, um, maybe some chapters of some of my books, and uh, some of these beautiful um, inspirations for the year to support you. I like um, I like giving things out. So info at barbaradeangelis.com and um, within, you know, a week or two, we'll send you things and then you'll be able to know what I'm doing, what I'm offering. And if there's any way I can serve you on your journey this year, I'll be really honored to do that. So thank you for giving me that opportunity with all of your listeners. Thank you, Barbara. Folks, you heard it from the amazing Dr. Barbara DeAngelis, the one and only. Uh, you can find out more about her amazing work, barbaradeangelis.com. We'll put all of the links in the show notes and info at barbaradeangelis.com. Yes, I-N-F-O at, yes. Perfect, folks. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Do me a favor, everyone. Share this episode with everyone in your life that you love. Send me an email, kublaxon at kublaxon.com. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's amazing session. This May this be your most profound, deep, joy-filled, abundant, and blessed year ever. Until next week, love now. Thank you, Barbara. Love you lots. And big I hugs love you Barbara. too. Bless you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, 
Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.